Welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears in a hyperdrive. Today's episode features working on your business while working in your business. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are discussing working on your business while working in your business with Drew Dalton and Mark Davis of Real Thread. I am Rock US President Ross Hunter. Alongside of me here is our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps. Hey. How's everyone doing today? Good. Good. Awesome. Glad to be with you. Thanks for, awesome. ha- thanks for coming. This is awesome to have you. Absolutely. I want to start out just a quick update, uh, quick Rock US update. Uh, we are almost ready to go on our inaugural video tour of the United States of America and our real this time. tour bus, Roxy. <laughs> Do what? Yeah, it's for, real. for real this time. <laughs> Yes, yeah. we don't know if the bus will make it further than 200 miles without braking, so that's to be seen. Um, knock see. on wood, but uh, we will be starting in Chicago, cruising down uh, the East Coast into Florida, um, actually visiting uh, our, our, our guests here, Real Thread, on a, a lug of the tour. Um, and our goal is to get a bunch of content. We, we're out of content. We need uh, video, we need pictures, we need things. So those of you that aren't part of the tour, feel free to send us um, Mm -hmm. video and pictures as well. Um, But uh, we're looking forward to it, taking a bunch of COVID precautions um, to ensure everyone's safety, temperature checks, we're doing COVID testing. We bought a really cool uh, fog machine for the bus that actually disinfects the whole thing. I, I'm still wondering if people can stand in there with that with strobe lights and we can make it really a rock and roll kind of event. But I, I like the visual. Not. I don't I don't think it's um, I'm gonna say no probably to that part. Not safe. Yeah, probably not. Inhaling disinfecting chemical, not 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 good. Okay, cool. We'll hey, remind ourselves of teach, that when we're on teach the their own. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, definitely taking some precautions there. I want to make sure everyone's safe. Uh, that's why we're taking the bus. We don't want to be in planes and airports and everything else. So um, kind of having a rolling quarantining, you know, tour bus. Skeleton really group. Excited. Like only people who are on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so tune in and uh, we'll continue to update on that across all of our social um, websites uh, as well as on our podcast here. So wanted to get started, um, Drew and Mark, a real thread uh, with a question. How were you both uh, introduced to the world of screen printing and give us kind of a brief history of, of real thread from inception to, to where you are today? Yeah, Mark's introduction is probably through us. I mean, really, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, High school graphic arts, <laughs> you know, uh, doing some manual nice. screen printing in there and uh, that was my first, you know, definitely exposure printing, you know, stupid, silly shirts with my friends in high school and uh, doing it for sports teams and, and garage bands and stuff like that. And that, that was definitely That's my awesome. first exposure to, to screen printing. Nice. Yeah, mine was in college. I never did anything cool like that in high school. But in college, I just started, I started buying a lot of shirts like in bulk for organizations I was involved with in college. So primarily Greek life and student government that I was in. And 
I felt like everyone on campus, this was a big campus, UCF, I don't know, what, what are we, are we the largest thing? Second, second largest. Second largest, second largest in the country now. Even, huh. even way back uh, when I was in college, feels like a long time ago, but even then it was a really large university and, and everyone was buying from the same company in town in Orlando. And I, uh, I was young and dumb and naive and said, I want to give these guys uh, a run for their money. And so I just learned, I just bought a press and started screen printing. That's really what it was. And, you know, start on a small little manual. And I think I, I had a, a commitment on like a thousand shirt order before I even had equipment in my possession because I started pre-selling my, myself. The, uh, again, before I even like trained on anything, oddly enough, I flew up to, I think it was in Seattle, I believe, if you remember, I don't know if they're still around, Printa Systems. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they? Yeah. So yeah, print, print, I print a press. I, yeah. Print a press print, is the all in one like exposure unit with the screen printing press and the dryer was attached and the whole night. Yeah. Yeah. I think my drying cabinet was like, you know, below the press, you know, it was in like the base of the press or something. So yeah, that's how I got started. And then, you know, 10, 10, 12 years later, still at it and making an early, early career of it. So that was, uh, that was the beginning. Wow. That's and so, awesome. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Russ. Oh, please go, no, no. go for it. What, uh, uh, from that moment, um, from the time you had that first setup to when, was that the origin of Real Thread or was there a kind of a window between that that you expanded to actually become, you know, the seeds of what is today? Yeah, I'd say that was, that was like version one. Uh -huh. And Two years later, I graduated, and I think it was two years later, maybe it was a year later, uh, roughly a year and a half later, I graduated. I worked as a financial analyst for a short while for like, well, I worked as a financial analyst for like two weeks, and uh, two, <laughs> weeks, two weeks into my job, I put in my two-week notice. Nice. And, uh, oddly enough, they wanted me to stay for that entire two-week period. So <laughs> um, I was on my way out half of the time I was there. And I ended up working. I helped start this cupcake business, uh, oddly enough, mm. of all things, for nine months. And then I was doing three, like, three different businesses, none of them all that well. And I said, man, I am not bright enough or talented enough to run three businesses. I've got to pick one. And and hopefully I can have some luck at it. So I ended up picking t-shirts, jumped in full time. And that's, that was like really the birth of Real Thread. That was summer of 09. And we, I remember uh, threw out all the, all the Plastisol uh, one day and just loaded up with all water-based and discharge ink. So that was the, again, that was the beginning, I mean, of Real Thread and, you know, just printing with water-based ink. So, but that was nice. so awesome. And are you guys still your sole water-based shop yeah mm -hmm. that's awesome that's phenomenal that is really awesome lucky to be in florida where you got some humidity right <laughs> that's awesome um do you guys just print is there more to the business um than printing are you doing any other types of decorating are you involved in any t-shirt manufacturing anything like that no it's, it's really that simple i mean we do a little embroidery but you know, we don't get into promotional items. I mean, we're not doing mugs and buttons and pens and, you know, koozies or even. So, mm. we, you know, are, are pretty simple in that that way. And you can basically, you know, apparel uh, and hats. I mean, nice. that's awesome. So you took the philosophy then 
of not being in three businesses, being in one. And you even took that a step further and said, I just want to be the best at this. Cause you know, we're, you probably know a lot of other screen printing businesses out there and you go into some and you know, they've got screen printing, they've got embroidery, they're wrapping vehicles on the side. And, and you really just like kept that focus straight into, you know, let's be the best at, at this thing. It, yeah. Honestly, that was, that was absolutely the approach. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's really smart. Yeah. It's tempting. I mean, at times to say no to other revenue opportunities. Right. I think, from a, we really did. We wanted to be the best at t-shirts and we wanted to build our system, like the entire business around that. And honestly, I think there's a, there's an employee training that, that ends up flowing into customer service in general, where if you can, you know, just focus your team, even like the customer service side and sales side on one item that they can give great service. But if they, you know, if there's, you know, the more SKUs there are that they have to understand and know and try to sell, I just think it's going to be tough from a customer service standpoint. So I think there's been a benefit there as well in terms of just letting our team all the way, you know, from customer service all the way through to production, be really, really specific at what they're doing. Nice. It's really cool, man. That's uh, something I learned really early in business. Um, I think I mentioned this book before, but the E-Myth Revisited, I think I had talked about on another episode. And I remember early in my business, you know, career, reading that book. And, um, it, it, you know, when I owned my, my printing business, it kind of taught me the same thing. It's really tempting to want to, you know, branch into all these different revenue streams and stuff. And, you know, part of what the book talks about is, you know, that focus and who you are in your business and how you maintain you know, one thing until you can be the best at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe once you get there, you're adding on to other stuff unless your model's working, but it's really cool. You stuck with that. It's not often that you see that. So kudos to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that book, uh, I mean, one of the highlights of that book, right. Is the, uh, the technician, you know, and how Mm -hmm. the technician often ends up, you know, owning and running the business. And I think that's very, very true in, in screen printing, you know, Mm -hmm. someone that, love screen printing, they end up, you know, kind of running the business. And uh, uh, again, I think there's a lot that people could learn from that book for sure. It's awesome. Absolutely. So uh, it's clear that a lot of your values, uh, a lot went into your values and your storytelling. I love your website. I think it's one of the best I've seen personally in the entire industry. Um, And I would love to know, like, two things. How did the name Real Thread come to you? And how, and, and kind of share, like, what are the key market segments that you serve and how those kind of things maybe influence each other? Yeah. So I, I remember still like coming up with the name, uh, my, uh, who, who became a partner, Patrick, he was my first employee. And, uh, I, we started out in, in Greek life together I was his, uh, again, for those that know Greek life, I was his pledge educator, which basically means I was, like, I was his teacher for, you know, when he came in uh, into the fraternity his freshman year. So that's how we became friends. We share, a, we kind of hit it off initially because we share a birthday. I'm two years older than he is, but we have the same birthday. Cool. And we just, we became good friends. And then, you know, he became the first employee and then ended up making a partner when we jumped into printing full time. But I remember sitting on uh, on the couch in this house that I was, you know, renting at the time, and we were just kind of brainstorming names, and just it kind of came. Uh, 
I, I don't know what it was, but it just kind of came and stuck. And it was better than the other names. So I started off first, like when I first started printing, it was uh, Pilot Brother Printing. And I kind of named that after my younger brother. I'm the oldest of three boys. My youngest brother, he was he's a pilot. And so I oh, named, that's cool. For some reason, named it after, after him, Pilot Brother Printing. I took it. Um, and anyway, so it it worked better than Pilot Brother. Right so, on. So yeah, I mean that's how it was. Again, there was nothing nothing more exciting than that than just literally brainstorming and cool. real thread. Mm-hmm. So are I, you still serving like that college like collegiate market like? You know, from inception, obviously, the idea came from being on campus, buying these shirts. I'm sure you probably started dabbling and selling into that market. How has that evolved or, or, or has it evolved? Are you still kind of in that space and just expanded on it? No, shortly after I graduated, honestly, like a lot of that work, we just truthfully kind of let dry up. And it just wasn't necessarily the market that we wanted to stay in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just kind of, I mean, aged, aged out of it, I guess, as I left being, you know, uh, so, so tightly networked in that, in that audience. So, yeah, we do very little, like, kind of collegiate school Greek life stuff anymore, honestly. And what do you serve? Is it just across the board? Are you guys doing... Uh, a lot of broker work? Are you direct selling? I mean, because you're doing water-based, I'm assuming, you know, most shops that I've met that are pure water-based, I mean, it's it's typically a higher-end garment. You know, it's it's kind of a different kind of clientele. So can you talk a little bit about that? Obviously, without, um, you know, uh, divulging all your, your secrets and secrets, what you're yeah. doing, but just kind of, you know, the gist of, of the market that you guys. Yeah. Are yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost all direct and you know, a lot of clothing brands, you know, that are going to be okay. sold. So there's a lot of that. Um, and then there's just, you know, the businesses that want kind of that little bit, you know, higher end shirt for marketing, promotional purposes or whatnot. So, I mean, it's really, it's a, it's a lot of that. Can, can you walk us through like what the real thread fulfillment process looks like step-by-step, step, like what, what the experience is from that uh, perspective? Uh, you know, in terms of like fulfillment standpoint, I mean, are you talking about delivery or I mean, just customer coming in? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Essentially like I, I want a whole bunch of shirts done. What's the process for you guys? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them will find us on the web, you know, come in, have a good experience on the website, engage, you know, engage us there. And then our customer service team, they just kind of walk them through the process. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of handholding garments to choose from kind of print styles to choose from and figuring out like what, like, what is their vision and what garment and print style is going to achieve their vision. So do they want something bright? And if so, probably going to need to use a more high opacity water base, right? If they want something simple and, you know, vintage looking, want something that you just can't feel at all, then obviously, you know, it, a discharge is probably going to be the way to go. And, and again, just based on their vision, you got to kind of pair the garment and the print style because it's, you know, it's not kind of one size fits all, right? Right. Right. You know, there's, there's choice and options and you got to kind of put those things together so um i mean that's you know that's again it's not unlike most other people i mean there's nothing all overly sure. there so uh, cool. but, but yeah that's awesome and to kind of shift gears like into the rock world um you know you've been in business since 09 right so how 
how has the rock automation um, affected your operation just in terms of, you know, I know you guys have a couple ecos, uh, dryers, uh, the, the Lotus, what, what is, what have you guys seen there in terms of production and, and what that equipment's done for you? Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, trying to get efficient as possible and, and not, you know, get up with the most technologically advanced stuff we can. And, um, you know, just trying to be again, efficient as possible. Sure. With, you know, what was sleep. the biggest efficiency pickup? I mean, yeah, just elaborate on that. Like, what have you what have you seen that's changed or or enhanced or gotten better um, with that equipment? You know, from as the setup lot. times, is it you know straight production speed? I mean, a combination thereof. Yeah, a combination of that. I mean, honestly, a big part is like ease of use and just like user interface and being able to get um, you know maybe. Something that hasn't run an automatic press before, um, just kind of you know, train them up, throw them on there. It's like really, you know, user friendly, um, and just then you have like you know the, the again the, the sleek design, and you know it's nice and quiet to, to work around, um, and just uh, as far as like installation stuff like that, having you know the plug the flashes directly in, and not having the you know the extra drops and all that you know stuff hanging down and. Um, yep. You know, just like the, the technology piece as well. You know, I, I compare like a, you know, a blue machine to to a green machine, and you know the the, the tank versus the Tesla. You know, they both get the job done, but one's going to be just a lot more efficient and um, you know just easier to use, easier to get trained up on. Um, yeah, I appreciate awesome. that. That was a good quote. I actually yeah. haven't heard that analogy. Typically, mm -hmm. it's the Apple and and the PC. You yeah, know, yeah. we we get a lot of that one. I like. I like tank and Tesla because it doesn't diminish right. um, anything. And, and and we're big on that. So I was actually a really, really good analogy. I'm going to hold on to that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm curious what, uh, how was the last, uh, so you guys just had the, forgive me, the, the second eco two uh, installed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We, we've, had, we've had a 10 color um, eco and now we just had two more uh, 12 color ecos installed. Nice. Uh, how, what was the installation process for you and kind of onboarding from the, the past version of that? Was there an easy transition between the two? Have you noticed any bit differences between the two, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, pretty similar interface. Um, you know, just a, just a few more, you know, a few more print heads and definitely some more like, you know, robustness and, um, you know, it seems like a little more, a little powerful from like a, you know, mm -hmm six to a v8 slightly um but you know just standardizing it and having people you know get trained up on it and and, and test it out and get used to it and the 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 install process start to finish was um i guess i'm curious i've never been on an install myself what was that experience for you all and uh any any feedback or anything from that from our side too so we can continue to improve that process for going forward yeah, I mean, seamless transition and you know had all the the, the ducks in a row had all the the paperwork knowing exactly what we needed and um you know getting everything set up and ready to go cool plug and play awesome. nice love i love to hear that that's always yeah good no time. kidding <laughs> well cool guys we're gonna take a quick commercial break and when we come back uh we will continue our conversation we'll be right back 
To continue bringing a variety of voices throughout the decorated apparel industry to the forefront, we are honored to unveil Rock Together, a collective movement to inspire, encourage, implement, and embrace diversity and inclusion within the apparel industry and beyond. Please follow hashtag Rock Together and follow the movement's official Instagram account at Rock Together or visit rock.us. Thank you for the opportunity to unite our efforts and to make our industry reflective and possible for all who desire to be a part of it. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today we are discussing working on your business while working in your business with Drew Dalton and Mark Davis of Real Thread. I'm Rock US President Ross Hunter. Alongside me here is our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps. Welcome Hello. back, everyone. Thank you for joining us as always. And thank you to gentlemen for joining us today. This is this is an awesome opportunity for us. Uh, I absolutely love, like I said before, uh, your website just kills it, it for me. It, it, it just says what I want to know about this industry. And I really appreciate the stories page on your website. And I'd love to learn more about what inspired that and what inspired the whole idea that the, um, how you say, sign up more for t-shirt enlightenment I think that is genius. Uh, I want to know everything about that and um, how that mindset kind of impacted your overall business. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, trying to, like, there's a there's a purpose and there really is a story behind every shirt, right? Everything mm. gets printed and just so just trying to bring, you know, bring it to light and try to just share that with people uh, was, was really the idea behind the stories section. Um, Again, there's so many. I mean, every every shop has so many great stories about the shirts that they printed. You know, again, what was the story behind all you know mm-hmm. all those shirts? So, again, just so, trying to bring bring light to that. That's cool. From the time you guys uh, embrace that, have you seen any major differences in either the type of clients you deal with, or uh, ha- has it attracted other movements to be aware of Real Thread and that and your piece into this uh and do you what do you think that our industry's place is in activism and altruism efforts yeah i wish i could say you know give you some great numbers and metrics behind you know when we started doing those stories oh yeah like conversion rate uh you know went up 20 percent or something unfortunately uh I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but that doesn't, you know, mean they're not worth doing, right? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know the analytics behind it. Again, it's just, you know, it's the, it just, they're fun to do. Those pieces are are fun to do with customers, and um, and just again share, share what they're doing. True that. Could you? Would you be open to sharing a story? Some uh, maybe like one that stood out to me that I read was the the water.org uh, story. Um, can you kind of walk us through what was what that was like, and maybe how else you think that T-shirts can really benefit the impacting change, uh, affecting change, manifesting change? I think the the water.org one was such a like a fun natural one for us because of the tie into like our business that it has regarding you know us being kind of a water based shop, right? And and just uh, water like. I'm really passionate about water in general. It's literally like the only thing I drink. <laughs> so uh, again, I just, you know, love, love all things water. And I think yeah. it, it really is at the end of the day though, like truthfully, like water is life-giving. It, you know, truly is. And, you know, none of us would be here without it. So again, wanting to just kind of um, 
share more about that and what water.org is doing and our, you know, our journey in that. I, I remember back, I don't know when it was, it was a long time ago, but I don't even know what birthday it was. It was maybe like my 25th birthday, but you know, gave my birthday, did a birthday campaign with charity water, you know? And so it goes all the way back to that. I remember our first office, we had, you know, well photos and stuff all over the office because again, that was just like a kind of a, a you know, core piece of us, you know, regarding just water. And again, the, the life giving aspect of water. That's so awesome. cool. What, what are some of the best ways that you've seen t-shirts raise awareness for you know funds and critical needs have you guys been involved in in that style of printing or or, or been privy, privy you know to to things that have really made an impact from either a fundraising stand standpoint or an awareness standpoint um you know kind of in line with what Meryl's asking hmm. i think you know uh we ran uh, campaigns during during covid uh and for small businesses, local businesses where, you know, restaurants couldn't be open, but, you know, we would put up a campaign for, for their shop, for their restaurant, and they're able to, you know, generate some, generate some funds without, you know, being able to, to do what their business is based around. Um, it was Through t-shirts then. So it was like website or campaign would go up, restaurants logo or, or whatever it was, people would go on, purchase the t-shirt. I'm assuming you guys then printed it. And then proceeds went back to helping that business. Yeah. Was that kind of the model? Okay. And did you guys seek these people out or did they find you or was it kind of a, a mutually um, a serendipitous thing? For the most part, yeah, they reached out to us. They found us. That's awesome. And a follow-up to that, did that kind of start before or after you introduced this, that you, you're making it publicly known that you do these kind of things through your stories page or, or your newsletter? We've, we've had uh, like campaigns, like our, you know, campaigns feature has been, it's something that we've had for years, but uh, it was never as, uh, as popular as it was, you know, right when COVID hit. I mean, it was right. huge, huge, you know, demand and need for that then. How, how was that shift when COVID hit uh, to where we are now, like just in the beginning of things actually, you know, knock on wood, opening up for real? Uh, how how did you have to shift? Did you shift? And what was that story like for you? You know, I think like probably most people listening, I mean, it was it was brutal at first. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, the spigot just turned off. Uh, right. And and so that it was a scary period. On top of that, we were moving buildings and, you know, that there was there was good and bad with that. You know, plenty of people have probably gone through a move and, and how challenging a move is. The the good side is we got pretty slow for a while. And so, you know, we could take our time with the move and equipment being down. But then thankfully, uh, we were pretty blessed that we got pretty busy pretty quickly and we need to get up and running. Mark, Mark felt this as much as anyone. <laughs> You know, that we need to get up and running pretty quick. And, and so the, the traffic for the move was uh, was pretty good. Though. That was true. Yeah, it was yeah. locked down and we were able to move the 26 foot box truck back and forth a few times. Uh -huh. easy. Yeah, that's interesting. So in a way, it and it may have facilitated it for you. Uh, there, like, there were, you know, yeah, like try to always find the bright spots, you know, mm -hmm. in, right. uh, in a dark time. But yeah, so there was there was certainly benefits to it. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Cool deal. We'll take another uh, quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Real Thread. We'll be right back. 
Limited on space and budget? Are you a team of one? Need a supporting press to automate those simple prints without the bottleneck? The Rock Fit fits seamlessly into your workflow and shifts your production to fifth gear's cruise control without breaking a sweat. To discover where automation fits in your business today, please visit rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's 877-674-8669. Want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are discussing working on your business while working in your business and we are joined with Drew Dalton and Mark Davis of Real Thread. I'm Rock US President Ross Hunter. Alongside of me here today is Mr. Merrill Caps, our creative producer. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, you're welcome, Merrill. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. Yes. Yes. Um, cool. So I actually want to get to the topic of of working on your business while working in your business. And you know, we we kind of touched on where where both of you started, right? So, you know, kind of in the same place, manual shop, you got a dream, you got an idea. We we talked a little bit about the E-Myth Revisit is a great book. Um, I, I've struggled personally with this journey multiple times um, through multiple different companies. And in fact, you know, even in Rock US, I'm I'm, you know, struggling now. We've been we've been in business for 12 months and you know, I sometimes find myself just so deep in the weeds. Um, it's hard to, you know, pull yourself back to really look at that, you know, whole vision and where the company is going to go and, and, and get back into, you know, working on instead of in. So can you guys, you know, both of you just kind of explain your journey and, and, you know, that letting go of control and pulling yourself out of the business to be able to really focus on, you know, deeper issues, operational problems, procedures, setting up systems, all that kind of good stuff um, that are important to obviously keep it running. How's that journey been for you? And and I guess, tell me your story and then what pieces of advice you'd have to other people out there listening of when it's time to really start to like look in the mirror and um, make change. It's a long question. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And when it's something like as passionate as, you know, uh, the industry, like screen printing is, um, you know, you want to have your hands in. I think Drew and I are, are both, uh, both struggle with, you know, not getting in too deep and, and making sure that we're using our time, uh, you know, most efficiently and what we, we should be focusing on and, you know, higher level stuff and bigger picture stuff operationally, you know, um, the business and marketing and stuff like that. Um, and just delegating, taking, you know, taking on what was most important and, and, you know, what we have to offer, you know, just, just taking that time to step back and look at, Hey, is this the best use of my time? Um, you know, can I find somebody else to do this, you know, and, and just, you know, dishing it out, delegating. Managing what's time. the hardest, what's the hardest part of that for you specifically? Is it the like thrill of being in it? Is it worry? Is it trust? I mean, everyone kind of has a different reason that makes it difficult, right? To pull away. So what's, if you could identify that for you, what would it be? Sure. I mean, there's, yeah, at moments there's, you know, there, there's definitely trust sometimes, right? But um, just I, you know, when I started screen printing in high school and, you know, it's 17, 18, I was like, oh, this is great. You're supposed to do what you love to do. And then I look around like, man, everybody's doing this, you know, like, can I really make, you know, it's like, I almost want to be a rock star. Like, oh, I, I, I'm a drummer too. I want to be in a band, but, eh, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition out there. 
Um, so it's the, the passion for it. So, you know, I love doing stuff with my hands. That's why I love being in this industry. Um, so there's times out there where, you know, I, I, it's hard for me not to, not to be using my hands and, and to, you know, help people and, and grow other people up. And, but yeah, there's definitely can be times of, of trust and having control, but letting go and, and trusting and getting the right people, right. Uh, you know, pouring into the right people and helping them grow. And Drew, how, for you, how do you discern what is kind of worth your attention during the day, during whatever, you know, fires burning at the, whatever's happening, how do you discern what gets your attention most and where to delegate? How do you, what's kind of the temperature gauge that you use? Mm-hmm. Um, going back really quickly, like early on, I remember specifically, like, really, like, right when I was starting the company, you know, having the mindset of wanting to build a business that was not reliant on myself. Mm. And that was a very, uh, I, I'm surprised that I have that, had that hindsight because uh, I'm really not that bright, but <laughs> I, uh, I do remember somehow having a, a little bit of wisdom in, in that, you know, or those early, early, you know, months, years of being really specific and saying, Hey, I don't want to build a business that's reliant on myself. And truthfully, I think I learned this from my, from my father. He ran his own uh, business, small business, you know, 12 employees, something like that. And, but the, the thing was like totally dependent on him. And uh, this is something that I learned just from observing. He and I have never really had a conversation about this. Uh, yeah. Years later, we actually did, but he just, his business was totally, totally dependent on him. And he made a great living, but I mean, he, like, he could not take time off without, you know, being on right. the phone once cell phones came about. I mean, he could not take time off without being connected to his phone. And I, again, I just remember like saying, Hey, like, that's not what I want to do. And so I, like, I tried to remove myself from key roles very early on going, you know, talking about like EMIT, it was probably a little bit of a benefit, but like, I, like, I was not the technician actually, you know, again, a lot of business start as they, they're that technician and they, you know, end up owning the business. I wasn't. And and again, there was probably some, some benefit to, to that in hindsight, but I always had someone else running production. I never got, you know, real deep into that. So 99% of people listening to this, they could, they could, they can out talk me, you know, in terms of like technical screen printing all day long. So I don't know that much about screen printing and, but I, I never, I never tried to like really jump in. I, was just I was good about delegating that from early on and just trusting other people. So I spent more time on the sales and marketing side, but pretty early on had someone kind of leading the sales and had someone leading marketing. I'm now probably closer to marketing than I have been in a long, long time right now. But I had people, you know, doing those things really early on and it it freed me up to do other things. So like one thing that I did was I built our database from scratch and, wow. you know, you could, you could say, Hey, that doesn't seem like a very good use of your time. And 
Uh, again, I wouldn't necessarily argue that, but it ended up being really helpful because I understood the business really well. I was able to then totally build this database to work the way we wanted it to work and to make sense for our industry. Because again, I was kind of building it from scratch. And, and so that's one thing that, again, I, I invested like 15 months. I honestly don't know how many hours, but I spent a lot of my time for 15 straight months building this database. And wow. I were working with customers, you know, real, you know, real deep, or if I were in production, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. So, right. you know, thankfully I was in a position where again, neither one of those key functions, sales or marketing or production were reliant on myself. And so I was able to get free. And, you know, as the, you know, the title of the segment, I was really able to just kind of work on the business in that way. And, and so Anyway, that's, um, I just remember again, from an early, from really early on, I said, Hey, I just don't want to be reliant on myself. And, that's um, awesome. and yeah, again, probably one of the brightest things I've ever done, uh, in my business career. It's really great. I mean, for people out there to hear, you know, I, that's tough to have that kind of observation about what you want that far in the future, that early in the game. I mean, for any about this, it. I mean, right. not even here, right? I mean, most people get into business because they've got a dream or they're interested in some specific field or, you know, whatever it is. And it's really easy to, you know, just dive straight into being that technician. Um, and, you know, really smart of you to never print. I mean, it, it's funny because when I was consulting, yeah, I did uh, consulting for years with with screen printing businesses. And, you know, the first thing I'd tell people when I came into their shops, if I still had owners printing was, you need to hire someone while I'm here. Like, I'll help you hire someone while I'm here because you're not going to be able to grow your business if you're standing behind a squeegee for seven, eight hours a day. And... Um, you know, it was interesting because the feedback I always got was, no, I should hire sales first or I should hire marketing people. Like, I got to grow. I got to grow. And, it's, it's, you know, I, I'd stop them all the time. It's like the only way you're going to grow is if you're not standing here doing this. Well, but I love it. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, then then screen print for fun. Right. I mean, it, it right. kind of it, it does make it hard to to run and grow a business if, if you're behind a press all day. Yeah. Or, or they should hire someone to run their business. Right. I mean, if they if they printing, you know what I mean? There's I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If someone right. loves screen printing and they want to print, but they also want to own the business. Again, no, no issue with that. But you should probably then, you know, again, hire a general manager, whatever you want to call them to really run the business, you know, hundred percent, definitely a different, uh, a different salary, uh, that you'd be bringing in for sure as a startup. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's honestly, that's good advice. I've never even thought about it that way. I always just told people, no, you gotta, you gotta get outside of it. So that's actually, see, man, you're, you're, you're rolling right now with, with the inside. I love it. I've made, Um, I've made, I've made plenty of mistakes. So, Hopefully, uh, hopefully not too many of them uh, twice, but but yeah, I've learned a few things along the way. So it seems my uh, my subconscious this morning on my t-shirt selection was taking over because I actually have that uh, have it here. Whisper wisdom, let it be, let it be. Right there, you go. Do your thing, and let uh, other people shine where they need to shine. Mm 
I think that's such a critical thing, whether you talk in any business, whether it's music or, or screen printing. I mean, we all have our talents, we all have our strengths and it, it, it's easy to be intoxicated by the allure that, or the idea that I can just do it all. And while you might, may be able to, should you? Probably not. Um, at least if you want to scale, absolutely not. So I think that that's really wise. Um, and, and is it, was it always an intuitive thing to know where to balance both aspects of the business? Like, no, okay, I belong here, not so much here. Or was it kind of trial and error? It, uh, plenty of trial and error. I mean, honestly, I kind of, I kind of consider myself uh, a jack of all trades and a master of none. And, you know, I can, I can dabble in a lot of areas and, and come to a pretty decent, like competency, competency in that area moderately quickly, mm -hmm. but uh, definitely, you know, I, I'm just not like an expert in any like one specific area. So I do kind of dabble in a lot of areas of the business, but uh, one thing that uh, I've, you know, one mistake that I made recently was delegating a certain aspect of the business, but not understanding it enough myself to really like lead or, or, you know, manage that person real well. Mm. So one thing that, you know, I want to try to do is if, if I am going to lead someone, like at least know enough that you can have like a really intelligent conversation with that person. That's kind of like what I, what I want to, you know, the, the level of competency that I want to have there. Right. Because again, I just, I, I want to be able to, I think there's an aspect too of just like being a good manager of being able to like empathize with like what that person's role really entails and understanding it enough that you can empathize with that role. But uh, again, that doesn't mean you have to know more than that person, you know, sure, Mark sure. knows more about production than I do, but he also understands that like, I know enough that we can have some really intelligent conversations together, you know? And, and so again, that's just something that's like helpful for me as a manager is, you know, having that ability to connect with someone, um, uh, to that level. Empathy. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Seems like too, that takes a lot thing. of that takes a lot of self-reflection, right? Because I mean, a lot of, you know, and I, I don't want to coin business owners or CEOs or, or anyone that runs businesses, but, you know, it's easy when you start something or, you know, you're hired into a, a place of power somewhere else to, you know, kind of become for lack of better terms, a, a know-it-all, right? And it, it takes a really humble self-reflective person to, you know, say, Hey, I want to learn this first, or, you know, you have to know that about yourself. Cause we all have ideas and especially with entrepreneurs, right? I mean, your brain's just like all day long and, you know, let's do this. What about this? This is this. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot to really self-reflect, um, to let go of some of that control even. So you've got free time, you're relying on, you know, your team members and other people out there. So, you know, kudos, man. I mean, it's, it's really cool to hear your responses to this. And I think there's a lot that folks can take away, you know, from this conversation of just taking a step back, self-reflecting, seeing where you fit in the business, learning things before you, you know, tell someone else how to do something that you may or may not, you know, know enough about. And um, that's, that's really cool. Thank you for that.
Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my one of my favorite books. This is uh, if people go and look this up, they may even struggle to find it. The King's Ring. So yeah, one. Um, I probably I probably read this. I don't know, just you know, two or three years ago. Um, I'll tell the story. I want people. I want people to go look it up. And so I, I want to leave them hanging right now. So mm-hmm. let's go, and, mm-hmm. go and look this up because uh, yes. there was a lot. There would be a lot of fun in the discovery, but. Uh, so I'm, I'm torn if I should tell tell the story or leave people hanging. I say... You do a shortened version yeah, of the story yeah. that leaves give people a, hanging? Give a teaser. <sighs> teaser. Oh, man. I, um, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, so I'll say if, if people... If, if I wish I would do a better job of this because, again, uh, certainly not perfect, but... I think there's so much wisdom in this book regarding what you were just talking about in terms of kind of self-reflection and yeah, it's, uh, it's, was it one of those, like you just had like amazing light bulb moments after reading this and it changed your view on a lot of, I mean, just, I, I, I haven't read it. Now I'm going to have to read it because you're leaving me on a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> And I'm really big about self-reflection and, and affirmations and working on myself to, you know, consistently try to be, you know, a better human for my family and, and for the business and everything else. But I mean, is it one of those just like mind-blowing epiphany kind of books where you're just going to be like, oh, I've yeah. got some work to do? Yeah. Okay. In, in a first grade way. Yes. Oh, cool. It's yeah. even better. That's, okay. that's a really good I like way where to this phrase is that. Going. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fantastic. I love books like that. Um, gosh, there was this great book called uh, The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews, his comedian. And it's it's this this story about this guy who he travels through different points in history and he becomes part of those different points in history. And each point in that teaches him about his current life and he wakes up and it's it's like that kind of thing. But it I love stories that use those metaphors to tie such big ideas into such simple expressions. Mm. And yeah, this, uh, yeah, I just checked it's on Amazon. So check it out. Cool. (laughs) So finally, uh, yeah, sorry. I just want to hear like what's next for real thread. And I'm sure Ross, you're going to ask like how we can find. Well, you can. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So tell us what's next for real thread. What's uh, what's on the horizon and please share with our listeners how they can be in touch with you and follow you online, et cetera. Yeah. I think, you know, what's next. Um, I mean, the thing that I love about just business is that, I mean, it's, it's never, it's never over. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've talked to Ryan about this a little bit, you know, the, uh, with, with Simon Sinek and the infinite game, you know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of paradigm shifting, you know, I love sports. It's uh, super, super love sports. And I think the, you know, one of the coolest things about sport is the finale, right? Mm -hmm. Every, every cycle, every year, really, right. Every, but every year has a finale. And I think that's one thing that, you know, kind of business misses and uh, that there, there really is no finale, you know, as the book talks about it, it's, it's infinite. Um, and kind of the goal is to keep playing. So I love that. 
Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's fun. I mean, that's what I love is that uh, like we, you know, what's it take to keep playing and mm. just figuring out, all right, well, uh, so yeah, I just, I love the, the vagueness there and that it's like, it's never ending. Yeah. Um, it's, that's frustrating too. It'd be nice to have some finiteness at times and, you know, have that, um, be able to hold that trophy. Uh, but again, it's, it's fun. I love the challenges. This industry has plenty of them, but, uh, it's, it's fun. We could just do a, like, we're still here award ceremony at the end of the, I mean, I think that that's the reward, right? It's like, still going, we made it the year's over, you know, celebrate. We should, we should throw a, we should do something like Mm -hmm. as a company, that would be cool, Meryl, to bring all of our partners in and do just a, like, we rocked 2021 and throw like a big ass party at our Florida facility and bring in live music and we could give away trophies. I love, I love this concept. So we could have like people nominated for different things and give away trophies and stuff. See, you just spearheaded a cool, cool t-shirt trophies. Oh yeah, that's cool. I like it. It'd be fun. Yeah. I like any reason to throw an event guys, by the way. So, um, (laughs) And seeing as how you're so close to our Florida facility, um, you'll get to come come join us and enjoy some uh, events because uh, I sure do like putting them on. <laughs> so realthread.com, uh, at realthread, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, correct? Go for it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guys, this has been great. Uh, thank you so oh, guys, much. Yeah, very much appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, for those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to another episode of rock shop talk and uh continue to press onward and uh see you next time on the road see you thanks guys huge thanks to drew dalton and mark davis for joining us today as always thank you for spending time with us this week tune in into convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching rock shop talk our next episode will discuss questions that rock if you'd like to request to be on the show please visit rock.us slash rock shop talk if you found today's episode helpful please recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well please like share and subscribe on social media until next time rockers press onward